Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another preview episode of the Serie A Show. Uh, I am joined just by Nima today. We will be discussing a couple of the more intriguing matches that will be happening this weekend. But Nima, uh, it would be very remiss of me if I did not at least allow you a couple of minutes to rant <laughs> after Inter's meltdown in the Champions League and followed by maybe even a better meltdown by Antonio Conte in his post-match press conference wherein he more or less for, what is this, the third time now? He rips the management team for their lack of preparation in the summer. So you have the floor, my good sir. So have, have at it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is exactly why I didn't want him. Um, if you remember on the show, everyone who listens to the show knows this is this is this this kind of he can't control himself. He can't control his thoughts, he can't control his expressions. When he you know, he 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 loses his his he loses his marbles completely as soon as something doesn't go go his way. And it's not just you know, it's not the fact that he just throws Marotta under the bus. Uh, Marotta, you know, knows very much what he what he got when he brought this man back, it's not the first time he's worked with him. Um, he knows that he's a hothead. Uh, he knows that when he's angry, he can say pretty much anything and everything. And he does. But So he takes that with a pinch of salt. Uh, because Marotta is, you know, sane. Um, and, and calm. So the, the, what, what really annoys me is what he said about Barella and Sensi. You know, when he says that the only person in this team that has won anything is Diego Godin. Well, that's not true. He had Asamoa as well, a Juventus, which is also kind of a diss. And then, and then he continues by saying, well, "Who do I call on? Barella from Cagliari or Sensi from Sassuolo? Those two players have been your two best players, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's, it's just you know, the guys, and and he's and he's factually wrong because there are there are plenty of other teams who have deeper squads than Inter." That have played on, that have rotated on less personnel, because it's just because Klopp and Guardiola know, are better at, at at getting you know at planning training and getting them getting their players to recover quicker than he is, um, and and this notion that he you know the only the only players he didn't get was Arturo Vidal and Edin Dzeko. So you're trying to tell me that if Edin Dzeko and Arturo Vidal were there, Inter wouldn't have lost against uh, Dortmund and Barcelona? This is nonsense. Like he, he's, he make he, he makes a complete ass of himself, and he does this time and time and time again, and he and he makes these ridiculous accusations, and then today in the press conference, pre-match press conference, he says, "No, we, the management and I, agree on all these issues." <laughs> it's like, what is yeah. wrong with you? You know. Well, <laughs> Do you need beta blockers? Like, I mean, what, 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 like, do we need to do we need to give this guy like? Does he need to do yoga? Like, anger management? Like, what what you, what's wrong with you? I'm confused by I, I guess, and maybe you could clarify on this. I don't know what more the club could have done to deliver for him this summer. I mean, they broke. Wasn't it twice they broke their club transfer record? Yeah, yeah. Now I can understand to an extent how not getting Edin Dzeko, who they were talking to since March, I could understand how that perhaps may rub him the wrong way that they weren't ultimately able to get him. He signed a renewal with Roma because the operation dragged out too long. But the thing that gets me um, 
I, I feel like he actually has, and maybe you disagree with this, but I feel as if he actually has decent depth on the bench. Now, Ranocchia, he's a meme in and of himself, but you have Bastoni. I mean, he is st- starting at most mid to lower table clubs, right? He's only 18, 19, 20. I mean, he's a young player. He's a good player, and he does well. Like, what do you want from him? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't. I mean, he start, I mean, he was a very vital player for Parma in the previous season. Yeah. You also have the likes of Politano on the bench. Now, obviously, he's hurt. Now, I'm not saying Boja Valero is this world beater, but he's certainly, in my opinion, at least, somebody who can come off the bench. Now, has he been good at Inter? No, but I, I feel like he is perhaps. See, and even if I were one of those guys who was on the bench, I would feel like, my gosh, this guy really thinks the lowest of me. Then, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, when it comes to Gagliardini and Vecino. He's the one who wanted to keep them. You know, that's the thing. What annoys me the most is that there is no, there is no logical, rational thought behind this. This guy, he's a man-child. He's a 50-year-old man-child. And this is, you know, this, this is not sustainable. And Inter is a, is, is a pretty unstable club in and of itself. And the last thing you need is this man-child going around throwing his toys out the pram as soon as something doesn't go his way. You know, Inter did everything this man wanted. He knew what he was going into. This is a club that's been under the regiment of the settlement agreement for violating financial fair play for a better part of a decade. They just got out of it last summer. They got him everything he wanted. And, and, and the players that he didn't want... Because of the because of the temper tantrums he threw in the summer, Inter couldn't get anyone to buy them. Who's gonna Who's gonna Who's gonna come out and buy a player when the, when the when the when the when when Conte says those things about Perisic and Nainggolan? They had to give them away for free, and, and they're paying part of Nainggolan's wages, and he's doing pretty damn good over at Cagliari. Like they have done everything this man wants, and still it's not good enough for him. And 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 he whines and whinges and deflects, and that's what's so infuriating. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, that that's a good segue because I said earlier this week this match day doesn't have many great matchups, but one of the most notable ones, uh, a team you like, Fiorentina, they are facing Cagliari, who have been Oof. have been sensational this term. Six wins, three draws, two losses. Fiorentina, four wins, four draws, three losses. Um, I thought Cagliari's only... I thought the only thing that would hold them back this season has been Maran. And he's proven me wrong because they look great, yeah? I, and, and this should be a fantastic matchup because I, I think Fiorentina, they've gotten out of that rut that we've talked about endlessly on this podcast earlier in the season. They're finally playing great under Montella. This should be an extremely interesting one. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Marco Rog, uh, Cigarini. No, I, I really, I really, really like this Cagliari team. Um and Rolando Maran, I mean, he's, he's, he's one of those coaches who's been around for so long and he's done so well at so many clubs. Um, and he's finally getting, getting a little bit of quality to work with and he's de- delivering. I mean, Robin Olsen in this team, in a de- like, you know, like I said so many times before, when he plays in a team that where that defends deep and, doesn't, and, and also knows how to defend and is organized, and structured, he's a good goalkeeper. And he's been, if not the best, and at least one of the three best goalkeepers in the Serie A this season. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, Giovanni Simeone always works hard, and I think he's, he, he, he works better in a, in a two-man attack. João Pedro has been scoring goals for fun. Uh, no, this is a really, really good team. And think about it. Their, their, their star player, um, 
is injured and he's out for the like for out for the Pavoletti, who who who's one of the best players in the air, strong in the air, scores all his goals by headers. Now this 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 Cagliari team is really exciting to watch, and given that they've got their new stadium coming along, I I, I you know you know how I am. I, I love it when when the Serie A is not concentrated to certain parts of Italy, that when it's spread around, and it's you know Sardinia is you know it's nice to have a strong Cagliari. Uh, this is their best start to the Serie A, I think, since they won the Scudetto. So with Gigi Riva. So, you know, this is um, now this is this is so good. And I just hope that 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 Maran doesn't catch the the Giampaolo virus. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like has a good right. season and goes to Lazio or Milan or Roma and then everything goes hell, go to hell. You know what I mean? Like just stay at Cagliari. Hell, I there are a lot of worse things you can do than to live in Sardinia right. and make quite right. a bit of money. I mean, it's like Jesus, come on, stay there. Yeah, I agree. Um, then on the other side, Fiorentina. Now they're in the position still because you have Ribery who is uh, still disqualified after his little <laughs> run in. Um, and, and it's interesting because Montella against Parma, he completely changed the system. He switches to four at the back. And they just didn't look nearly as good as they usually do with that three-at-the-back system with Chiesa, Ribery up front. I don't know. There's something about it with this Fiorentina. Maybe it's just me, but it almost feels as if when they're in that 3-5-2, if you just take away one of the pieces, it everything just seems to break down. When they have their strongest 11 out there and they're playing in the system that they prefer, it flows so beautifully. But then you remove one of them and it just seems like everything is uh, – it, it just doesn't mesh well. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, it, it really is. It's like when you pull one thread, the whole thing just falls apart. And uh, so, so I think you're absolutely right there. But when it, but when it works – and that's the thing. I think they play the best football in all of Serie A when 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 it when they play together that that three five two and those eleven players when they're on that pitch, they they play some damn good football and they've been really unlucky to not have more points in my opinion. I think uh, not you know not just against Roma but against a lot of uh, teams uh, or sorry not against Napoli but against a lot of teams they they've they've really 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 played some good football and. I I'm really I'm I'm kind of expecting them. I'm really expecting them to make a proper run, and if they if they if they are to do that, they have to win against Cagliari. But having said that, Cagliari are no mugs. They're they're gonna they they are they're a tough team to beat. And and then you have Simeone as well, who definitely has a point to prove. I mean, he wasn't given any chance uh, under Montella. Um, so no, it's 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 gonna be a really good game. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I think it should be a really good match. Hey, before we get to Milan Juve, first a word from our sponsor, my bookie. Hey, NBA fans, the season is underway, and now is the perfect time to get in the game with my bookie. Are you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. From now until November 11th, my bookie will match your first deposit. That's right. If you deposit $1,000, my bookie will give you $1,000, but you have to act fast because this offer expires on Monday, November 11th, after which time it will go to 50%. So use promo code LATEFEES, that's promo code L-A-T-E-F-E, 
E-S, and have MyBookie match your first deposit. You can get started today at MyBookie.ag. Again, that's MyBookie.ag, and be sure to use promo code LATEFEES. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Now going going to the other match, I don't know if we can necessarily in all you know, all things considered, obviously you have Milan, you have Juve. It's just by name it's a big match, but gosh, on paper it's a big match, yes. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. This one any other season I would be extremely excited to sit down, watch this one and take it in. It is very difficult, very difficult for me to get up for this Milan. They just again We've hammered Pioli so much on this podcast, and there's no reason for me to go on about it. But seriously, I, I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we're it's not as if they're going to be playing beautiful football in this one. I, I think he'll probably take the more pragmatic approach, maybe try and sit back, hit him on the break. I don't know. Um, I just feel as if Juve really, and this is just a sense I get, I, I think Juve could win this by two or three goals. Uh that's being really nice, John, to Milan. By when you say that, uh, this is a game where if Juventus, <laughs> if Juventus fall like click, they can score six, seven goals. Like this is how this is how much of a difference there is in terms of quality between these two teams. Juventus are a team of one of the best teams in the world. There's no doubt about that. And Milan are mid-table Serie A at best. Uh, not to mention all the all, all the confidence issues and and all that stuff and Pioli Pioli struggling. No, no, I um, this is a, this is a, this could be, I mean if this ends really badly, I mean uh, as I said, I, I think Pioli's out by February. I think he's out by Christmas if if they lose bad. Like think about it. I mean if they were to lose six seven nil, you know, what do they do? You know, nobody wants Pioli anyway. The, the fan base already hate him. It doesn't look like the players are, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it can really, really, do. we could have another Napoli situation pretty much on our hands. Well, I, I discussed it when he was initially hired, but it almost, and again, this is very unfair to him because I do think, especially for a mid-table size, he's a really good manager. Agreed. But for Agreed. a big club, Agreed. for a big club, it almost feels as if, if, you know, you're appointing him in, what was it, late September, October, it really does feel as if you have waved the white flag on the season and the intent or the lack of intent that it signals to me is just it, it, it's debilitating. Yeah. And again, this isn't a guy who is known for his beautiful football. He's qualified for the Champions League, I believe, once, and it was with Lazio. So I, I guess I, I still to this day, I'm confused as to what they wanted to accomplish by appointing him. And you just said it. By appointing him, I mean, they're almost putting him in this impossible position if he does bad. I mean, as you just said, he could be out by February. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, the and, and, and this team, because this team lacks so many things. It lacks so many. Uh, it, it looks now that uh, Gattuso was the person holding this whole thing together. Um, and now he's out and you have no leaders. Um, you literally have no leaders in Milan. You have no one leading by example. You have no one to take everything by the scruff of the neck. Romagnoli is is having probably the worst season he's had in his career. I'm one of the people who don't think that Romagnoli is a bad player. Um, I think he's actually a good player. Uh, I just feel that he's he's in an impossible situation, and he's, a, he's you know he's he's never had a season where he's been able to 
in a stable environment since joining Milan. It's been chaos, um, pretty much. So um, no, I, I, I honestly feel I, I really don't like seeing Milan in this state because it, it just it, they just look so disjointed and and so all over the place, both on and off the pitch. Um, so. I wonder. I mean, if 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 Juventus were to really really have fun, if they were to feel like get get a get get a good feeling on Sunday night, they this is them at home as well. They can destroy Milan. Yeah, and you brought them up a minute ago. Before we go, I want to discuss <laughs> how do we even classify this clown show that is currently happening at Napoli? ADL for anybody who hasn't been. Yeah, I mean, for anybody who hasn't been paying attention. We talked uh, earlier in the week how uh, Di Laurentiis, the president of Napoli, forced the club to go into Ritiro following their loss against Roma. Uh, Ancelotti, the manager, was very against this. And and he let the world know. And that's what I said last episode, that I think he'll be gone by the season, by the end of the season. Now, <laughs> I wonder if he makes it past this weekend. Like it is, it's it's warfare. It's warfare where it's Aurelio De Laurentiis on one side, and everyone in Naples and Napoli on the other. <laughs> it's just absolutely mayhem. It, it is, and for anybody who didn't miss it, Napoli they put out this ridiculous. Oh my god! Re, uh, ridiculous doesn't even begin to 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 begin to describe this thing properly. They put out this ridiculous communication that more or less said. Uh, the club are going to protect their interests and, and that they're going to <laughs> punish the players. Uh, mon- uh, they're, they're going to punish them. There could be some monetary punishment as well. I just don't understand what putting that communication out, what that accomplishes. And I also don't understand how or why, just days after this, they have an open training session to season ticket holders and subscription holders, and they allow these fans to, to more or less jeer their own players at this open session. What a clown show this is. What an absolute clown show. <laughs> I honestly don't know what to say um, because uh, uh, the wheels have really come off of the Aurelio De Laurentiis show. Um, basically, what you know, as I said earlier this week when we recorded it, um, he he doesn't like being questioned. He's the padrone. He's the one who decides. And anyone who questions him in any way gets the boot quicker than they can. The problem here is that Carlo Ancelotti is absolutely loved and revered by that entire team. And it's not the first time. Everybody knows that as a manager, when I mean Ibrahimovic called him like a second father. You know, in in Slatan isn't exactly known to be to the easiest person to maybe deal with in the world. He's a very special kind of guy. He even calls this guy kind of like a second father. Everyone who's had this guy say that he's one of the best man, people they've ever worked with. And he's a winner. He's done it everywhere. Um, the problem here is that nothing has been working at Napoli and he's been very unhappy. And then De Laurentiis comes here, come here and, and just runs him over and tells them that they're having a retiro, which he didn't want. I mean, he, you know, that, that that's him interfering in matters that he shouldn't be interfering in. But when you have a man, when you have an owner like that, you know, this is what happens with De Laurentiis. Like, you, but I think he's overplayed his hand because if he doesn't, back, you know, he needs to. They need to find a way where he saves face because that's what's important to him. This is his his Neapolitan honor being questioned. This is honor culture. This is all about that. He needs to save face. And if that is sacrificing Ancelotti, then then so be it. 
Um, but Napoli are in free fall, and this is not good. This is absolutely not good. Yeah, I agree. They play at home against Genoa at the weekend, and then we have the international break, and then they play away to Milan, and then they play away to Liverpool. So <laughs> this feels like a very – it almost feels like this is the make-or-break, yes. do-or-die stretch for them where if it goes well, okay, they've steadied the ship. If not, it, it just feels like this thing could absolutely implode on itself, which, again – I keep saying it, but we all pegged them to be probably the top challenger against Juve. I had them second. Yeah, and I thought, oh my gosh, they brought in Costas Manolas to replace Albiol. I mean, could could this thing have gone any worse this season for them? No, it really hasn't. And and I think what what needs to be done here is De Laurentiis needs to learn from this. Uh, they all need to learn from this, but I doubt I doubt that will happen. Um, and all the criticism, like before, I, I mean, a lot of the times I felt that the criticism against De Laurentiis has been over the top. This, this, this mess is all his making. You know, it, it, this, this entire mess, because Carlo Ancelotti is hardly the manager who's, who's known to create problems where he goes. He's never done that. He's never been an issue. He's never been a confrontational person. So if you manage to create a conflict with Ancelotti, as a club president, then, then you know, that's a special talent that only you have uh, because he's worked for some, with some, for some very difficult people. Abramovich at Chelsea, Berlusconi at Milan, uh, uh, you know, Real Madrid, which is perpetually a difficult place to be at, um, Paris Saint-Germain. I mean, the guy has done it all. Um, and he's been at you. I mean, it, it, he's, he, and he's been everywhere and he's won everything everywhere. And he's not a difficult person. He has the respect of every one of his colleagues and his peers. I, I feel De Laurentiis is, is, is in the wrong here. But then again, this is De Laurentiis. He, he's, he's stubborn. He's not going to admit anything. You know, he's not going to admit that he's wrong. He never did. That's not in his DNA. So I really don't know how this plays out. But they are from Naples. Uh, he is from Naples, and we all know that a couple of wins, then they're all kiss and make up in front of the cameras and pretend this never happened. So you know, the, the, you know, being you know, giving that you have an insight into the other hothead Piazza Ro- Roma, you know what I'm talking about. You know, Palotta bathing in the in the Fount Fontana di Trevi, like like Anita Ekberg after beating Barcelona. I mean, it's like. <laughs> You know, they're hotheads. These guys are hotheads, and the results kind of decide everything. 100%. I agree. Um, so that's where we're going to leave it, everybody. We will be back after the weekend to obviously discuss the latest match day. Um, and then we have an international break, so it will give us time to digest. And uh, I'm sure there will, there will certainly be plenty of storylines heading into that international break. Um, it always seems to be the favorite time for the managers to get the sack. So, as always, thank you for listening. If you can continue to share, like, subscribe to all of our content, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So we will talk to you after the weekend. So until next time, bye-bye.